Hi, my name's Steve Dozer, and today we have another new podcast, and we're really excited to talk about uh, our campus and the buildings and, and uh, everything uh, that people don't realize that goes on uh, and how many facilities we maintain and how much ground we cover to maintain for our students, staff, and our school community. So uh, today we're really excited. We have Dwayne Carver. Dwayne is our Director of Buildings and Grounds for College Community, and we're going to talk uh, today about our unique campus. It's a central campus site, and we have a lot of buildings, a lot of acres, and we're going to talk to Dwayne about uh, uh, everything on our campus and, and what it takes to uh, maintain everything. So, uh, D you know, Dwayne, I appreciate you coming in and kind of giving everybody in our audience a little background on, on everything uh, about our facilities and campus. So thanks for coming in today. Well, thank you, Steve, for inviting me. So let's get started. I, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, your road to the position you are at Prairie. Well, sure, Steve. Uh, I am a graduate of College Community Schools, although many, many, many years ago, uh, 1977 as a matter of fact, uh, and then a few short years after I graduated from high school, I moved to Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, started for a small construction company there as a laborer. Um, during the years that I was with that construction company, I, I worked my way up and eventually became site superintendent. Uh, it was a small company. They built custom homes and modified uh, uh, small commercial sites like slot stores and dentist's office. And at the same time when I was in construction there in the evening I would go to Delaware Tech, it was their community college, and uh, take additional construction classes so I would learn more and more about the construction process. Um, uh, took things like uh, map reading or blueprint reading and staking and uh, excavating and estimating and solar panels and all kinds of uh, construction related courses and after nine years of working with this company, uh, I, I left the company and started my own construction business and worked as a uh, contractor there in the state of Delaware until I moved back to Iowa with my wife in 1992. Uh, when we moved back in 92, I continued in the construction business as a self-employed contractor. And then in 1997, became an employee of College Community Schools as a maintenance person in the Buildings and Grounds Department. And then in 2005, I then became the director of the Buildings and Grounds uh, Department here at College Community. So those were long days, uh, working all day and then uh, going to class at night. They were, and it was, it was really interesting because this company that I worked with, uh, the contractor who owned the company, gave you a uh, financial incentive to go to classes. If you completed your classes with a B grade or above, he paid for your classes. So you had the incentive to go out and right. learn everything you wanted as long as you studied hard. He paid for all your classes, so it was it was great free education. Boy, that's wonderful. And you know all the things you described that you learned, we'll talk about that more coming up because I think all of the things you just said or you learned really apply to your job and everything you're doing now. So, um, well, last year we purchased uh, the property just north uh, of Prairie High School, and that's where the new ag building and then future de development will go. So I guess, you know, we get we get asked this question a lot, of, how many acres does Prairie have? And, you know, I don't know what the exact number is, but I know it's a lot. <laughs> so um, how many acres does Prairie cover and have now, Dwayne? Well, that's a good question, Steve. And if I can kind of take you through the years here to start with, when I began working for College Community in 1997, the campus consisted of 188 acres at that time. And the district has always been 
proactive in purchasing property so we'd have room for growth. I mean, from 1997 on, they've purchased the property where now Hill and Early Childhood Center and the four soccer fields sit on the west side of Kirkwood. Uh, they then purchased property on the east side of Kirkwood where Prairie Point now sits. Uh, then they purchased property south of Hoosier Creek where all the youth ball fields sit. Uh, and then now we've purchased 80 acres south of Point where the new 5-6 building will go along with an additional 40 acres south of Wright Brothers Boulevard. And now the 155 acres on the north side of 76th Avenue. So if I combine all of that, my calculations put us at approximately 640 acres right now on our campus. And as amazing number as that is, there's another number that people need to know. We have 1.3 million square feet of buildings on our campus. And that alone should cause you to stop and take pause of numbers. Not just the acres, but the square footage of the buildings. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. And that's a lot of growth. I mean, that's a lot of growth over your 20 plus years. It is, I mean, it is. And, I've, and all the small communities around us that feed us, the feed college community are continuing to grow and, and I see us continuing to be expanding district in years to come. Yeah, and that 155 north of the high school will give us that flexibility a little bit too to see how that'll end up being developed in, as uh, years and enrollment continue to grow hopefully. It will, yes it will. So, well, talk about your staff. You know, your staff is awesome, obviously. We see them all over the campus. Our students see them all over, and obviously they're in and out of classrooms and, and buildings, and even at game nights when things are going on and things like that. So talk about your staff. How many staff uh, do you have in your department? And, you know, kind of give us a, a, a you know, does, it, does the staff change or increase because of seasons too? Just give us a little lowdown on your staff. Sure, Steve. The Department of Buildings and Grounds has 10 employees all year long. Uh, my core tenant people are unique in all the things that they do. Uh, they have their own strengths and their own knowledge about their positions, but what is great is that they freely teach each other the aspects of their positions so that everyone in our shop has some knowledge of the, each position in our department. And this cross-training, as I call it, is a great benefit to us in the needs throughout the district throughout the day. And then during the summer when school's out and kids are no longer here, then we hire an additional three or four summer help. Uh, and they help us with moving classrooms, mowing lawns, picking up trash, uh, trimming trees, preparing and maintaining sports fields for events. And then these additional people then allow my staff to do their summer maintenance stuff and not get bogged down with daily lawn items. Right, and as you know, depending on the weather, I mean, mowing just in your own lawn, you know, it's easy to get behind if you're not, uh, you know, due to rain or things like that or catch up. And this allows uh, for that, obviously. Um, well, uh, take us through then, you know, the school year. I don't, I don't think people understand. The seasons are different for your staff. You know, you got your, you know, fall, you know, winter months, obviously people think about with snow and then spring and then, you know, people think we have a down summer too. And so it's just interesting, but take us through uh, your work in your area, Dwayne, throughout the school year, uh, maybe starting with the fall. Sure, in the fall, uh, it's the great exciting time because the students and staff are coming back. Uh, and once the staff start to come back and get their room set up for the school year, we're immediately loaded with work order requests for classroom items. Uh, and those are items that staff probably could have told us about in June before they left, but they didn't. So they, they get piled on our list here in, in August. And I prioritize those work orders by the impact on whether it impacts learning services, whether it's a safety item. 
and I'm thankful that our staff is very patient during this time because we work as quickly as we can to get those last-minute work orders requests taken care of. But fall is also the time that we're uh, maintaining fields for fall sports like football and soccer and tennis. Uh, my groundspersons are out painting lines and setting goals for football and soccer. They're mowing, they're trimming, they're treating fields and making them in playable condition. But we also have to put outdoor sports to rest later in the fall. And that's items such as taking down tennis nets, putting away soccer goals, uh, aerating fields, spreading fertilizer, even winterizing our irrigation systems. And it's also this time of year that I begin to think about what needs we have as a district and through our department that we need to keep in mind as we move into opening these fields back up in the spring when spring weather arrives. At this time, unfortunately, in the fall, our summer employees have left, those who have been helping us with lawn care. So you'll see a lot of my staff and even myself sometimes out on our lawn equipment trying to keep up with the lawn as it continues to grow, as you said. And we really struggle in the fall to try to keep the campus mowed and trimmed and looking nice just because it is it doesn't stop growing. And then we also and your have... your work doesn't stop for what exactly, they have Exactly. The work yeah. orders are continuing to come in and we have our daily needs we have to meet also. Well, so that's the fall. Now, obviously, uh, this was a big winter for us. You know, they're not always this big, but take us through the winter part. Sure. Winter... It's, a, it's an interesting time for us. and Our shop right in the wintertime, a lot of the staff is working on things still outdoors, uh, trim, trimming trees and things that didn't get done in the summertime. We have miles of fence. I think I calculated one year that we had over nine miles of chain link fence here on campus. So we're out maintaining fences and gates and that type of stuff. Uh, and my grounds person, he's busy in the shop. He's He's starting to, to service all of our winter equipment, so we're ready for our first snowfall. And we just have a lot of stuff that goes on in the wintertime, but yet the first snowfall comes and the snow trumps everything because having our campus ready for a day of school takes priority over everything else. So everything gets pushed aside and, and my entire staff is busy working on snow removal. So our staff and our students can have a safe place to come. So if like this year, you know, we obviously got dumped, you know, pretty good a few times. So I'm just curious. So let's say we have a huge snow starts at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. and just goes through the night. So talk about when does your staff have to get here? And you know there could potentially be school or just you need the roads open. What what does that look like for you guys? And like how early are they here? Sure. The um, if. If the snowstorm is, is a typical moderate snowstorm in, in Iowa, we typically don't call school the night before. That doesn't get called till five or six in the morning. So as the snowfall starts in the evening, my department has to consider we will have school tomorrow and plan for it that way. So my entire staff starts very early in the morning and sometimes it's midnight that they come in depending on a snowfall and uh, to get all the equipment up and running and having things cleared and, and treated when our staff starts rolling in early in the morning. So as people think, it just magically happens, right? Yeah, I, th I think they do. But you know, I've, I've had some staff tell us, you know, the condition of the roads and the parking lots here on the campus are better than what I drove through to get here this morning. And that's a compliment to us. Yeah. My staff does a great job at 
with the equipment that they have to, to keep this campus ready for, for our staff and students. Yeah, I would agree because every time you come in, I mean, everything's cleared and then, you're, and then you got people throughout there just to keep it going, just to make sure that our kids have a safe path home, our staff have a safe path home. So, yeah, there's a lot. So, uh, what about spring? You know, you're coming after winter ends and we're in spring now. So, yep. now we're in that March time. So, talk about spring a little bit. Yeah, and spring to me always feels like a scramble of activity. I mean, it wasn't just a few weeks ago we had snow on the ground, and now the snow is gone, and all the spring sports are, are clamoring to get outside and get going. And, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about soccer, and we're talking baseball and tennis and cross country. And track. And, track. And yeah. yeah, it's just a, a, a litany, a huge amount of sports that want to get started. And what we're doing is we're scrambling to, to get the facilities set up and ready for them to start. It's not just a matter of the snow is gone, it's ready. There's, there's fields that have to be conditioned. There's portable restrooms that have to be brought in. There's trash receptacles that have to be put out. Uh, the extra facilities that go with all these, the concession stands and the restrooms, all those facilities and have to be opened back up and ready for use. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, the, the old, you know, and I get it too, and you probably get it, Dwayne, is Oh, what do you guys do during the summer? It must be nice. You have the summers off. Yeah. <laughs> and I always just laugh at that. But especially for your department, talk about that. Dwayne, do you, does your staff have the summers off? <laughs> no, we, we really don't, Steve. I, and yeah, I get a chuckle about that. Uh, each August, I always have a staff member, hey, what'd you do this summer while you're off? And, <laughs> and I don't think uh, everyone understands that, in fact, we're here all summer long. Would you say summer's your, your busiest time? Summer is our busiest time, Steve. I mean, so uh, talk about that. So what? What do you? So summer now that school's over. People realize we got to get school ready again. But there's things that have to get upgraded, changed over buildings. We have PEPL, which physical plant levy that helps pay for some things. So talk about summer then. Sure. So summer, uh, the crew is busy with each building provides us with a list of items they would like to have performed in their building for summer, which we handle as part of our work. What would be system. like a typical? Uh, they, they want classrooms painted. They, sure. uh, they need some lighting changed in the rooms. Yep. And, uh, simple stuff like that. But we go be far beyond that. Every year annually, we, we also do projects. We do carpet replacement projects. We always tackle a roof project, whether it's a repair or replacement. So we try to keep them up to date. Uh, like I say, 1.3 million square feet of buildings, there's a lot of roof. And uh, we need those building envelopes to be tight to keep the buildings dry. But uh, you know, we take on sewer projects, we take on painting projects. All those things are very important. And uh, also in the summertime, even though it's August and it's 80 degrees out, I'm already starting to think about wintertime and I'm ordering ice melt, getting all that stuff ready to go for winter. But Steve, even with all these things that we talked about for the different seasons, we still continue daily to have to meet our requirements for work orders that come in. Like, let's say a broken window. Maybe a kid breaks a window. Well, we had it here at the high school. There's a window that got broke they, that just can't be broken all year long. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and I like to comment about that's a good point, that window. People look at that and think, boy, nobody's doing anything about that. Well, yes, we are. Uh, I was notified of, of it when it happened. Uh, we ourselves are not glass manufacturers, so not naturally we have to contact right. an outside company Vendor. to come in and do that. Mm -hmm. The vendor's been here. They've ordered the glass. Your exterior windows are double pane windows. It's not something to go down to the shop to cut. They have to order it. So the window sits like that for three or four weeks until the vendor can get the correct glass to replace it. And people think, boy, I wish somebody would do something well. I want you to know that behind the scenes, we are doing something right. about it. Right, yeah. So so the summer too, Dwayne, what, what about, you know, you guys have a lot of equipment to maintain too. Talk about that. I mean, you have snow removal. You have lawn. I mean, 
Do you guys maintain your own equipment? I mean, there's talk about some of the equipment. Sure, we have. We do maintain all of our own equipment. Uh, we the transportation facility, which we are connected with down there in the maintenance department. Uh, they take care of the buses and all on all the fleet vehicles, and they do take care of our trucks, our our pickup trucks that we use. But above and beyond that, I mean, anything that's attached to the truck, our snow plowers, our salt spreaders, all that type of stuff, we maintain ourselves. Um, our equipment is extensive. I mean, I mean, we own we have five different pickups that we use for plowing snow in the winter time. Uh, we have um, uh, two skid steer loaders that we use for all season long, whether it's dirt work or snow work. We have a small piece of equipment that works as a mower in the winter time and then or in the summertime and in the wintertime we can mount it with a rotary brush or, or a snow blower stuff. And then not to mention trailers for moving stuff from one site to another. Uh, we have a lot of, lot of hand tools, shop tools, parts on shelves. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making the, the department function as far as equipment. And even lifts, right? Do we have some Even lifts, lifts yeah. yes. We have, we, you know, we have a single personnel lift that, uh, that we use. We've, we've got a, a dual person scissor lift that we lose, not to mention a towable boom lift that we can use. Well, yeah, because, I mean, even just like the parking lamps or the lights or signage exactly. on the lamps or just uh, our concert hall, obviously the lights aren't uh, normal size and... You know all of that, so yeah, I just I just can't imagine uh, the amount of equipment. But uh, well, um, so uh, let's let's uh, talk about um, we're going to go to uh, talk about a little bit about construction projects. So you know you're doing your maintaining your regular work, Dwayne, and your, your group. But you know as you know there are a lot of construction projects happening right now. We've had the renovation of View Heights. Uh, Crest, or, and then we are now going to be starting with Crest, um, and then now we have the new 5-6 building that uh, will be starting, uh, they'll be moving dirt, I believe, this spring, Correct. May or June, and then uh, also, too, we have a new ag building in the works that's going to go just north of that. So, uh, what role do you play, Dwayne, in all of, I mean, there's a lot of projects going on, and you have all these projects on our own just maintaining campus. But talk about your role in those new construction and renovation projects. Sure. Uh, Steve, my role begins at the, at the very beginning of design. Uh, I'm part of the planning meetings as we begin to discuss the roles and the needs of a new structure. The district has always been open uh, to my input about what designs work for us and what designs do not work for us. And then once the prints and the spec books are all put together, I have the opportunity to sit down with them and review them and then give feedback of comments and things that need to be corrected before they go out to bid. And then once the project starts, I daily monitor the progress of the project, uh, do troubleshooting that may pop up for, of an issue that should arise, and then I attend all the construction meetings throughout the life of the project. And then once the project is completed, it's and our students and staff have taken occupancy, it continues for me because I have a year of maintenance afterwards that I continue to meet with the contractor and continue to meet with the architect to go over and discuss and correct items from construction that need to be, need to be corrected. And in addition to that, all of our buildings are tied into a BAS system. And what that is, that's a building automation system, Steve. And what that does is it allows me to operate, to see every piece of equipment on campus through the computer in my office. Uh, and what that does is it allows me to monitor that equipment and, and in the event that I see something that's not operating correctly or needs maintenance, 
we can take care of it right away. But that part of it, that role in that project, the operation, the maintenance, and the, and the observation of this equipment continues, that's my role for the entire life of that building as long as I'm here. Wow. So, well, and, and two, I, w I would guess where you, know, you probably know where things are buried, where things aren't buried, or where things move, or drainage, you know, when you build, you know, you have drainage issues. I mean, those are all things, too, that I don't think people know. And they talk about the dreaded punch list, right? Sometimes it seems like those punch yes. lists last two or three years. Yes, they you know, seem to. They get them done. But, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously... Uh, we have our own punch list in terms of you know things break down or need to be fixed you know we serve 5800 students and uh, i think we have over 900 to 1000 staff members and things get broken but kind of talk about you talked a little bit about uh you know maintenance requests but talk about that more where where things get broke or or something happens or something needs to you know be hung or or doorknobs broke or something. Talk about maintenance requests and, and maybe how many you receive throughout the year so people really get an idea of the, the type of information and, and uh, work requests or needs come your way. Sure. Um, we try to stay on top of, of issues throughout the buildings. And as I said, 1.3 million square feet of the building, there is no way that I can know every issue in every building and every time. So what we have- You're pretty close though. You're pretty yeah, well, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> what we have created is a work order system that, and it's a link on our website that any staff can go to, and it's just uh, some pop-up boxes fill, pop up and you fill in your request, hit a submit button, and it comes to me, and it has all the information that I need, what building it's in, what the problem is, what we need to do to correct it. And at that point, I take that work order and I sign it to a person or persons in the maintenance department, and they take care of it, and sign off on the bottom what they did to correct the problem, and we send a copy of that email-wise back to the requester so that they know that it was done. But what we run into our, in our last year, and you're talking about the amount of work orders that we have, last year we completed just over 1,860 work orders. And this year, looking at where we are, I think we're on track to, again, be close to that number in the amount of work orders. Now, understand work orders don't cover everything on campus. There are still activities that happen in the sports fields and that type of thing that, that are just scheduled things, and those don't include, those don't count as part of our work order system. So it's not just work orders that we do. There are things that go above and beyond the work order system that we do throughout the day, too. But my biggest challenge is finding parts for everything, Steve, when something breaks down. I Because mean, it could be a 30-year-old uh, furnace or <coughs> something that exactly, they don't make. Exactly. And, it, and we do have some 30-year-old equipment here on campus. And, and due to some, some preventive maintenance and great maintenance techniques, those pieces are still running. But when I need a part for them, it is difficult to find parts a lot of times. And there are days that I spend a lot of time on the computer out Googling trying to find parts if I can't find them here locally. Yeah, I bet. And, and I, you know, part of that too, I know your crew, uh, I've seen them on weekends where they're just checking the buildings to make sure machines are running or, you know, they do a check. Is that right? Don't they even come through on weekends and just kind of do building checks to make sure? That's correct. That's something we implemented years ago when I started here was a weekend building checklist. And they go through the buildings and, and first of all, we're checking to make sure all of our heating and cooling systems are working depending on what season we're in, that we don't have a problem in the building. We're walking through all the kitchens, making sure we haven't lost a cooler or a freezer, which would, which oh, would boy. cause us to lose a lot yeah. of food or prep for, for students. 
and uh, it's just just an oversight. Make sure the building is locked and secured, and it takes them a couple hours each day to to walk through and check everything. Yeah, I bet it's it's just kind of like when uh, when people are out of town and say, just go through my house to make sure everything's running or that you know the some pump is still going right. or all yep. that stuff because you know you, 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 obviously uh, it can be pretty catastrophic. Uh, to a building if something's not seen or something's happening over the weekend that you know you don't know exactly and that really turns in so you know um, you, obviously you guys have a huge role for our, our staff and our students but uh, kind of talk about you know the importance uh, that your buildings and ground plays in this students ability let's tie it to learning and for students to have a successful learning and day, a lot of this has to do with what you guys do. So, kind of talk about your role, and so that our, you know, and that have that really impact our students' ability to have a good learning day. All right, sure, Stephen, and I myself, I kind of have a chip on my shoulder about when it comes to buildings and ground stuff because I think we have a much greater impact to our students and staff than people really give us credit for, and, and I'll explain that to you here as, as I go along here. What I mean by that is we have the opportunity as, direct, as buildings and grounds through our facilities, through our buildings, to provide a first impression to someone who comes onto our campus. And you only get one chance to make that first impression. And by keeping the trash picked up, keeping our buildings in great shape, combining that with our interior and exterior appearances, it provides a good positive first impression for someone coming on our campus. Uh, but my department goes far beyond that visual impression. Uh, through upgrades in the buildings and systems, we're able to provide a safe and comfortable learning environment, not only for our students and staff, but when they come also to for extracurricular activities for events at nights and on weekends. The buildings and grounds departments even affects the students' learning day. I mean, that can start even start even with their with their breakfast and their lunch with our behind-the-scenes repair of kitchen equipment so everything is prepared and ready for the students without them knowing there was an issue. Uh, it moves into the classroom as we provide proper maintenance for lighting and heating and cooling in each classroom, not to mention just just classroom appearance, uh, the painting on the walls and, and the carpet uh, and the furniture. Uh, we, continue, we constantly do electrical and plumbing and security and fire alarm upgrades. So that, uh, well, that's high impactful because exactly. if, if we have a fire or an emergency and one of them is not working where we have an issue, I mean, right there, that's a huge impact on our students and staff. Yeah, and, and the fire thing is a good thing because we yearly have an inspection with our local fire department, which, which is required. But we ourselves also have a, a monthly inspection sheet that we go through and we check our devices so that, sure, we're not six months down the road and realize we had a a defaulty device where someone may not be notified that there was an issue in the building. So we're on top of this stuff all the time. People see us working on things and what in the world's he doing or see our heads up above the ceiling and just our legs hanging out on a ladder. Well, we're, we're working sometimes on devices that, that make a difference in your classroom and in your learning environment. Well, and I've given, I mean, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> through my uh, 16 years here of tours to families that you know want to come or looking at the district or moving into our area. And the one comment I, I get almost every time is how well maintained our campus and buildings are. 
because obviously they've had kids in other schools and other districts, but like you said, that first impression, and, and it is a first impression when you walk in. I mean, even when you look at a house or whatever, it's the first thing you do, and, and uh, but we get that all, all the time is when I give families and, and uh, they're, you know, uh, a tour, the first thing I always hear is, I can't believe how well-maintained and how nice everything is on campus. So that's a well, that's huge great. credit. That's great. Because we hear that all the time. But um, Dwayne, anything else you want to add about, uh, you know, your staff or, or buildings or anything coming up or you've, this has been really enlightening because you, your staff is terrific and, and we see them all over and it's just uh, how, how just everybody is like, they just want to help and, and do the best they can for the students and staff and it's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, and my staff is real special, Steve. Uh, their goal is to make sure that our students and our staff have the opportunity to perform at, at their highest level and not be hindered by issues in their classroom or in their in the, on our campus. Um, we go above and beyond. We 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 don't stand in front of a classroom. We're, we're not that important. That we stand in front of a classroom and teach, but behind the scenes we have a very important part, and it's that unnoticed part behind the scenes that provides all the great appearances and all the great learning environments that we have here on college community. Well, and they say like uh, uh, any great uh, officiated game, you don't know they're there. That's true. You know, an umpire and mm -hmm. things like that. Well, to me, I think about this. You just see great stuff and maintain this and everything's maintained. And that's because you guys are behind the scenes making sure it happens and our kids have the the best opportunity to learn. So, well, Dwayne, I really appreciate this. is This has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming in, kind of giving us an overview and, and just the square footage of our buildings that right. you gave me, the miles of fencing and the number of acres. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it seems like there should be a thousand people working. <laughs> and I suppose you could put them all to work because <laughs> there's a lot going on. But Dwayne, thanks so much for coming in. I really, really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Steve.